What is up guys, John here at the beginning of the episode really quick. So my microphone actually switched halfway through recording so it does sound a little bit different at some point. Uh, also at the end of the episode, please feel free to listen to Sometimes I Think I Hate Myself by Dead on a Sunday. What is up everyone, it's John here at the top of the episode to give you some podcast shoutouts. So please check out the Dynamic Duel podcast, the Avengers podcast, Max Destruction, Senjo World, Smash Trivia Presents the Gamma Analysis, the Going Merry podcast, Why So Sidious, Block Blunders, Cheers Big Ears, the Stark Wars podcast, MCU's Bleeding Edge, the Don't Be a Hero podcast, and the Guy at the Movies podcast. These shows are all great friends of this show, and I feel like you will enjoy their content and deserve your support. There it is. All right. Yeah, it usually catches people off guard. Yeah, yeah that was loud. <laughs> yeah, my bad. Welcome to the Mad Trivia Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of the Mad Trivia Podcast. I am your host, as always, Mad Trivia John, and this week I have brought on the singer of Dead on a Sunday. Uh, his name is Ross. He and his band identify as Bobcore or Dark Wave. I really dig the Bobcore. Um, I'm certain most of the people listening who have Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok have seen the videos of Ross and his band doing Damn It After Dark. Uh, it has been a viral sensation on all platforms. Uh, I highly, highly suggest you check out both the covers that they do and their album Things to Do in Denver When You're Dead, as well as the other album that's evading me off the top of my head right now. Oh, uh, Strange Days. Yes, that one. And that's <laughs> Ross. So I'm going to let him tell you guys about himself and Dead on a Sunday. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm Ross, and um, I, am, uh, I function as Dead on a Sunday and um, make Dark Wave-ish emo rock alternative emotional music. <laughs> it's it's hard to narrow down a genre for your band and i realized we had to do it at one point i had to come up with something like i had to kind of niche it for a second so i started doing those dark wave like what if this song was dark wave because dark wave is like honestly it's pretty easy to make so i kind of have like a template and i can like bust those out and then like it was like oh people vibe with that so i just started like shoving things into that space you know <laughs> yeah mm -hmm. and you guys had stuff before the uh the song damn it came out and that song blew up. Yeah, well, I at start I worked on a record over about a year back in 2021, and that was uh, what Strange Days, the debut album, which is kind of an eclectic album. Yeah. And um and then you know uh before the few months before I put that out, I was just kind of messing around on TikTok and trying things to see what would work. And um, you know, I kept hearing that song after dark, and I was like, God, every time I hear this song, it just sounds like Damn It by Blink One Eighty Two. Like he just like. <laughs> He just hijacked their vocal melody. I was like, I'm just going to mash these up on TikTok and like put it together and like, and I, you know, just for fun. And I did. And people were like, oh my God, release this. And I was like on the fence about putting it out because like, ah, I don't want to get popular for like a cover mashup thing. I don't know. And then, uh, so I put it out and it, it got some traction, but it wasn't until somebody snarkingly said on TikTok that I sound like Bob Belcher and I used that comment to the benefit that it actually blew up and mm -hmm. it blew up it did because uh, i was <laughs> looking today over three million plays for just that one song on spotify which is incredible and the song goes so. uh, yeah people people uh something about that song is infectious i think it's the nostalgia of it really 
if you can take a cover and I mean, this is a cover and a mashup. So, um, it's a little different than, you know, your traditional cover, but if you can take a cover song that's nostalgic to people and everyone knows and make it so strangely different that it's almost unrecognizable, those things usually work really well. And they also, they, they people really love them and people also really, really hate them too. Like I, I get a lot of love for it and I get a lot of hate for it. So, well, those ones are wrong. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, nothing drives a social media algorithm like negativity, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I bet. It just makes people see it more often. Oh, you don't like this here. Have it straight down your throat. Yep. <laughs> I got to say, though, despite that being the popular one of your covers, my favorite has been The Promise. Oh, that is the first cover I did. And it's it's amazing. It's incredible. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I feel like that one's really slept on. I realize that one's a lot more in sort of this um, kind of emo punk realm and a lot less of the dark wave thing. Um, and I tried to resurrect it a bit by putting, when I did that cover EP that I released late last year, I kind of tried to resurrect that song by putting it on there because that song came out in uh, 2021. It came out a year earlier, and I just feel like it really got slept on, that cover. So, No, not by me. I, I, I've played it probably 20, 30 times by now. Great. Thank you. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, and as for the more recent things to do in Denver when you're dead, I love Bury Us. I think it's uh, it's not only is it your your style, but you also put that scream in there, which I think a lot of people wouldn't identify you with at first because they know your other stuff and they don't hear the scream so often. Yeah, you know, I really like metal and I really like screaming and Bury Us marries a lot of worlds I really like. It's got... It's got the goth thing. It's got the industrial thing. It's got the, you know, the dark wave synth thing. And, and, and it has that very, like, I guess, mid-2000s, like, emo when it does the best, when it hits that whole midsection. So I, and I'm, a lot of people told me that's their favorite song, and it makes me feel good because a lot of the new material I'm working on is, like, down that road, like, further down that road. So. But we're here to talk about your favorite movies. Your list was Fight Club, The Crow, Drive, Braveheart, and Back to the Future. It sounds so trendy. Yeah, it's true. I've seen um, Fight Club like over 400 times. It's not even a joke. It's insane. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. When I was in my 20s, I like, I mean, I watched that movie every night when I went to bed. So <laughs> it's a good movie to go to sleep to. <laughs> It really is. And I know people are like Fight Club sounds all bro and stuff. It's like, no, that movie's like, that movie goes hard. That movie's like, it makes you think. It's a good one. Yeah. I can't speak highly enough about the acting in that movie, but everyone always thinks immediately Ed Norton and Brad Pitt. But I always go back to Helena Bottom Carter and the things that she says in that movie. <laughs> oh, she's, a, yeah, Marla Singer. She's incredible. You know, I always thought an amazing band name, but it would have to be like a hardcore band, would be Marla Singer. I agree. Maybe a, maybe a, a UK hardcore band. Yeah, yeah, it's just something yeah. like, yeah. But Marla yeah, Singer, yeah. I think, would be a great band name. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it's not already out there. I'd be surprised, actually. You know, there's a lot of uh, lesser knowns. It might be. Yeah, it's true. It probably is taken. That's okay. Um, what about The Crow? The Crow, yeah. Um, you know, also, like, it's a very cheesy movie, but I really like the, I love the soundtrack. Let's not, you know, 
course. Let's not downplay the soundtrack. You know, it's got Burned by the Cure on it. It's got Rage Against the Machine on it. Um, I believe, I know Pantera's on it. I believe Tool's on it. Incredible soundtrack. And um, I think at the time when that came out, I was very, very young. And um, yeah, just the imagery in that. It's just that really dark, rainy, like gothy ethos of everything, you know, and sort of like a uh, modern day Gotham looking city. So yeah, That's love the crow. Mm-hmm. Definitely a way to put it. The the Gotham is I, I don't think I've ever heard anyone make that comparison and uh I can not unsee it now as a matter of fact. Yeah, it's crazy. Of course everyone attributes that movie to the tragedy, but right, at the same yeah. time, you know, it, it it's just it's so classic. I, I to this day I'm very shocked that they allowed the sequels to happen. Yeah, and they're I mean and shockingly, as much as I love the crow, I really am not a fan of the sequels. They're hard for me to stomach I stomach through watching them and yeah. Yeah, I don't blame you. And then, of course, the recent talks of a Momoa-led uh, reboot or remake. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like you know. For me, I just say leave it alone. But um, you know, let's 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 leave the original. Let's leave something untouched. It's weird for me to say that because I hear covering songs. So yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's different, though. There is something to be said about a cover because yes, it is someone else's originally but like you do you change the style in such a way that it's borderline unrecognizable i mean to go back to the whole conversation somebody told me your version of the song is nothing like the killer's version oh yeah or i mean or any of those versions yeah Yeah. Uh, you know i think goodbye horses that cover i did i think that's the closest to the original cover that i have because that song already kind of lives in sort of a you know kind of new wave dark space but yeah everything else was uh pretty different especially that lady gaga track when i first heard that song i was like i hate this song but if you slowed it down if you like slowed it down like took it down maybe a half step and it was just i could hear it being like this great like dark 80s like goth type song um yeah yeah and it worked yeah, I mean, I agree. I'm not a fan of Lady Gaga like that. I respect the, you know, respect the grind. Of course, she's, you know, the talent is there. It's not my style, but it's got the talent. Your version of Bloody Mary is infinitely better. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the only one I would. I like. I feel like I'm always doing a disservice to these songs by covering them because most of these songs I've covered because I really like the original version, and I I don't feel like I'm doing it any justice. But I that's the one song where I'm like, yeah, I think I actually made this one better. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just right. that one, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, what about Drive? Yeah, Drive. What an incredible film. Um, you know, I love I love synthwave. I love electro pop. I love the soundtrack to Drive. I love Ryan Gosling's character in Drive, and I I recognized immediately when I saw that movie that what makes it so powerful is how little of dialogue he has. And then I later read mm. that um when he went through the script, when they were pitching him that movie to play that role, he was, he said, I'll take this role, but we have to lose like over half of the dialogue. And it may, yeah, it makes it so powerful because he doesn't say a lot in that film. And I think just the presence that he sets in it is, I think Ryan Gosling's an amazing actor for one. I mean, I know he's in the notebook and like, you know, a lot of people shit on that, but um, you know, he's, I think he's a great actor and uh, I think he's amazing in that movie. I love the soundtrack. I love the, the I love the imagery in it. It's a beautiful film. And, and I'll say it, I have no shame in myself. I actually find The Notebook to be a guilty pleasure. It's a great film. It really is. It, it, it's exceptional when he's in the movie generally. Exactly. He's he's a phenomenal actor. He re- he really brings something to each film that he's in that is it's like it's the X factor. It's so unique. You can't really put your finger on it, but it's great. Yep. A good old classic here, Braveheart. Yeah, Braveheart. Yeah, that's a good good one. Um, 
Yeah, I got really into that when I was very young. I probably too young to be watching that much violence. It's a very violent film. It's very gory. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's a lot of fighting in it. Um, I've always been like really um, enamored with sort of, and I know that Braveheart's not, not, I mean, some of the film obviously is fiction, but I know it's based on a true story. It takes place in the real world, but, uh, you know, knights and shining armor and like, you know, castles and stuff like that. I've always been enamored by those since I was um, very, very young. You know, I played D&D, you know, even now I write songs yeah. about, you know, what you consider dork stuff like that. I like that stuff. I love Braveheart and I, and I just love the story behind it. You know, it's uh, it's it's valor and it's um it's, it's standing up for something that, that that you believe in beyond, you know, originally he's avenging the death of his you know, wife that he married in secret, but, um, you know, later it becomes about so much more. It becomes about, you know, freedom that he's trying to take back for Ireland because it's something he believes in. And, um, the, the thing about believing in something is, um, are you willing to die for it? And that is the question. And I think it's, uh, despite the length of the movie, you find out at the end. Yeah, correct. I mean, he's, <laughs> you know, becomes, you know, a, a martyr of such, but, um, like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a be beautiful film. Again, beautiful scenes. It's shot wonderfully. Um, the acting is 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 great. Uh, Mel Gibson. I mean, I you know I've heard that dude's like crazy in real life, but I, he's an, an amazing actor. He's an amazing director. Um, you can't deny it. Oh, I agree. I, I agree, hundred percent. And then this is a an oldie but a goodie. But uh, let's talk about Back to the Future real quick. Oh yeah. I mean, I had to throw in something that was just very very linked to my early childhood. Um, very early memories of like going and seeing that with my dad. I think we went to the theater and saw like it was maybe it was like part two or three we saw there. But yeah, I you know I love the eighties. I love the nostalgia of the eighties. I love the the sounds of the eighties and and the vibe. And I know there's a lot of really like crappy things going on in the world in the eighties. You know we had like um you know we're still the cold you know cold war with Russia and you know nuclear threat and you know, AIDS is running rampant and there's, you know, there's all these terrible things about the eighties, but you know, in hindsight, <clears throat> usually forget the bad and you just look at the, the positive and the good stuff. And, uh, yeah, just something about the eighties. I romanticize about a lot. And, um, back to the future is just such a tried and true eighties film to me. And I, I love the series. I, I don't care what anyone has to say about the third one. It, it is fine by me. I, I, I know a lot of people shit on it. I, I'm a fan. Yeah, I think the third one's great. I, th I mean, I think they all make sense, you know, in and out of each other, and that's what that's what that's what that's what you want. That, that's like one of the best, you know, sequels and part threes, you know, of any franchise that that there is. I agree. I agree. You know, I mean, you get so many trilogies, and I mean, you know, Star Wars. You think of the original trilogy, Back to the Future, Lord of the Rings. I mean, Lord of the Rings actually got lucky with both trilogies, but yeah. It, it is seldom you get all three in a trilogy that work. The Blade, perfect example, the third one. Not nearly as good as the first two. Oh, yeah. yeah it, it, I mean, it, it all goes around, but I think that this, this trilogy does not deserve the hate it gets at the end. Yeah, you know, people... You know, people always want to poop on uh, the, the newer stuff. You know, you get the, you get the heads in there, and, uh, you know, they, they want to hate Star Wars because of, you know, the Ewoks. You know, whatever it is. You know, they want to hate Return of the Jedi because of the Ewoks. So. Scrum. That's what I got to say about that. <laughs>
So uh, before we go any further, I would like to let everyone know that I am celebrating my 35th birthday today, and your birthday is the 25th, you said? Yeah, so it's next week. So yeah. happy, happy birthday. And happy early birthday to you, but it'll be later than your birthday when this comes out, so. <laughs> yeah, 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 it will be. But happy early birthday, and uh, yeah, thank you for the birthday wishes. Now we're going to get to the trivia. As a quick reminder to all the people listening, the movies were Fight Club of the Crow, Drive, Braveheart, and Back to the Future. Today, I am asking you questions about Back to the Future. Right. My trivia goes, there are 10 questions, all varying difficulties. Mm -hmm. One question is a two-part question. You'll have two answers to it. The questions can be something from within the movie, behind the scenes, budget, awards. No topic is off limits. Wow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> don't be surprised if you don't know a lot of the answers. My goal is to stump my guest on this regard. I do very well on that. Yeah, I believe it. I'm sure. I'm sure you're going to stump me on this. Let's do it. Let's see how far you get because I'm still fairly confident you'll know some of these answers. Okay. Let's start with an easier one. Question number one: Who is the critically acclaimed director? Of Back to the Future. Wow, you know what? I don't even know if I know that one. <laughs> it's okay if you don't. No, no. Take a guess. That's, I suggest guesses to anybody. It's definitely not um, John Hughes. <laughs> it's definitely not. <laughs> I, was, I was hoping he'd say something like, you know, Michael J. Fox or something, <laughs> just to mess around with it. No, no, unfortunately, it was not. It was uh, Robert Zemeckis. Robert Zemeckis. All right. All right. I'm going to learn some stuff today. Most people do, and that's perfectly fine. The best part comes at the end when we do the Mad Libs. Uh, question number two. Yeah. This one's going to be a little bit more difficult than that last one. It's hard, maybe even impossible, to imagine someone other than Michael J. Fox in the role of Marty McFly. However, he wasn't actually originally cast due to scheduling conflicts. Who was initially playing the role before quitting and Fox's schedule working out allowed him in? Wow. Ralph Macchio. <laughs> you know, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> I really could, I could see that. Uh, it was actually, I believe, has never done anything again, Eric Stoltz. Okay, wow. I did not know that because I don't know who the hell that is. Yep, me either. No idea who that is. <laughs> okay, this one is a little bit more up your alley. This is the two-part question. What is the name of the song that plays right in the beginning of the movie, and who is the famed singer performing it? Huey Lewis in the news. Yep. And it's, um, God, I don't even know this one. This is stupid. Oh, I was trying to think. You, how... got the, you got the singer, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I know the song too. I just like trying to think of how it goes right now because it's, it's lost. It's lost in my power of love. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Coming yeah. back on the clutch there. Yeah. That was, well, that wasn't, that was an easy one for me. Well, I had to do something music-related for the musician in the room. There we go. Question number four. Yeah. What is the name of the actor that plays Biff Tannen? Oh, man. I knew this one, too. Uh... I'll give you initials to give you a bit of a hint. T.W. I don't know. It's so funny. I even looked that up, like, in the last six months or something. I Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tyson Williams. Tom Wilson. Tom oh, Wilson. you almost had it. There. I, knew, I was. 
Yeah, I knew it was some Will's something, Will. Yeah. Yeah, Tom Wilson. And I actually saw him on some show recently. I want to say it was like The Flash or something. But yeah, he still does he still does stuff. And he still looks oddly similar to how he did 40 years ago. Yeah, no, I looked him up. I remember looking him up like, yeah, like six months ago. And I remember seeing a picture. I was like, oh, he's still very much looks like the same dude. Just a little meteor around the edges. Yep. All right. Question number five. Despite the massive popularity of the movie, many would be shocked to know the movie script was rejected numerous times before finally being picked up. How many times was it rejected before finally being accepted? And I'll give it to you if you're within three. 17. No, I'm kidding. Seven. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think there's 17 like production houses in LA at that time. Uh, 44. What? Oh my God. It was rejected 44 times. They rejected it 44 times. I mean, that movie was a massive hit. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, the follow-up question is kind of on that subject. So let's let's talk it. Question number six. Early in the life of the film script, a representative from Universal wanted the movie to be called something else, as he felt the title would deter audiences do you know what the original suggested title for the movie was time flies sadly no but i think <laughs> i think uh, i think this is a hint I, I might be wrong the comic book that marty reads oh with the space I guy think is the name that's it is a space guy but i i think the name of the comic was the originally suggested uh, name for the movie oh geez. i think yeah, I don't know what the name of the comic is. Spaceman from Pluto. Spaceman from Pluto. Wow. They wanted to name it Spaceman. I think that was the comic. I don't know. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> that would have made no fucking sense. <laughs> that, yeah, that like people were like, I who would watch that? The reasoning for the whole titled question and whatever is because they uh they thought that uh nobody would be interested in the time travel. Oh, really? Stupid. <laughs> Very stupid. All right. Question number seven. This one's an awards question. How many Oscars was the movie nominated for? Um, two? Less than less than ten, but more than two. Less than ten, but more than two. Um, uh, I'll give you one more guess on it. Uh, all right. We'll, we'll go with seven. It's always a... Too high. It was four. <laughs> oh... But, I mean, that's still pretty good for a sci-fi movie in the 80s. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's see how well you were paying attention to some of the cameos in the movie. One of the members of Biff's crew is an actor that made his film debut in the movie. The actor has gone on to have a pretty solid career, but now he's a little bit more Do you know the actor? I don't, but I feel like... I can it... give you two movies he's been in. Okay. I feel like I, I feel like I know what guy you're you're referring to, but I don't know. Yeah. I'll give you two movies he's been in. One, he was a bad guy, and one, he was the main good guy. Uh, the okay. bad guy was Titanic, and the good guy was the Phantasm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking about. If if I give you the first name, if you can come up with the last name, I'll give you the point. Okay. His first name's Billy. Billy Zane. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a very hard last name to just come up with. So you have to get some <laughs> I, knew, well, I, I knew his face, and then I just couldn't put it together. Yep. He is. I, I mean, I was actually shocked that was his first movie. 
I had no idea. I was just thinking about him the other day. I was thinking about this like kind of obscure horror film he's in called Demon Knight. That sounds like an interesting flick. It, it's honestly, it's a great movie if you like just kind of like kind of stuff like that. It's from the late nineties. Check it out. Oh, then it's it's his peak. It's his prime. Of course, I'll enjoy it. Okay, two more questions for you. Question number nine. In the script, Einstein was not originally a dog. Do you know what kind of animal he was? A chimpanzee. You nailed it. You had no question on that one. You were all ready for that one. Very good. Yeah, I've heard. Well, I've heard that one before. Like I've heard them say that. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. See, then you knew something. I knew something. <laughs> I knew something. Yeah. This last question is going to be a little bit tough, but uh, I think it's it's a good uh, good little piece of trivia for everyone to enjoy. Before Christopher Lloyd accepted the role, there were several other names in line for Doc Brown. Can you name any of the three big names? Wow, at that time. Uh, yeah, yeah. In, in, uh, in 85. I don't know one of them. Like, his his career evades me. But um, hmm. one of them is much older, but still kind of active right now. Actually, two of them are still much older, but still pretty here and there active. One was in Shrek. Was in Shrek. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And... Okay, uh, one was in Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Yeah, I don't know this one. I, I it, it, okay. it, 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 this one, this one is, is, this one evades me. Um, it's okay. It's a good piece of trivia. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Um, Earth Girls Are Easy. John Lithgow, is he that, is he the actor in that? You know, he wasn't the one from that, but he was the one from Shrek. Oh, oh, from Shrek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's right around <laughs> yeah, that time. So, that's right. Yeah, so you, you still got it. <laughs> that's right around. Okay, I got one guy. I got one guy. You only needed to get one. Who's the guy from uh, Earth Girls Are Easy? Goldblum. Oh, God. Why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I think that they would pick Jeff Goldblum? I, I guess I just assumed that he might have been too young um, at that time. But I guess. How old was he? Makeup's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and I mean, how old is Christopher Lloyd then? He's pretty young, actually, so back then. Uh, yeah, he's, I mean, this 40 years ago, he's in his 90s? So he was like... Late 80s, early 90s right now, so... Yeah, because, geez, Jeff... I mean, Goldblum's only in his, like, 70s, right? 60s, 70s? Yeah, I was going to say, Goldblum would be in, would have been in his 30s back then, so... Because I was thinking about The Fly, and he's, like, fairly young in that, and that's kind of around the same time frame. I almost threw The Fly out as the hint. Oh, I would have got it right away. I would have known that one. I should have done, done that one. Yeah, that's too easy. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of the Alien movies, and then I remembered as I was looking through his list, oh, yeah, he was in Independence Day. So that wasn't the right Alien movie that I was even thinking about. I don't know. I was just thinking of The Voice, and that's where I came out with John Lithgow. So I was just thinking, but it's because you said Shrek. He's in Shrek, so I was thinking of The Voice. Yeah. Well, you got it. Well, <laughs> that's, all, that's all that matters there. <laughs> so you got one, two, uh, three, wow. which Woo. It, it's still it's still not the worst I've had, believe it or not. How, how many did you ask? Ten? Uh, ten with eleven possible. Wow. Yeah, but you still have not gotten the lowest score I've, I've had out of all of my guests. Hey, so. I, knew I, did, I knew I would aspire to be something. And you learned something today. Yeah, I did learn a few things today. I learned that I still can't pronounce the director's name. <laughs> I can't remember what it is. It's almost a Z. Zemeckis. Zemeckis, there it is, yeah. 
Okay, so you can either choose to be Marty, or you can choose to be Doc Brown. Oh, okay. And the conversation that we're going to have is when they discover that they need to use the Bolt of Lightning to travel back in time. Okay, I'm going to go with Doc. All right. Uh, so the, the screenshots are in order, and just I will start it, and just feel free to go down it as it is. Okay, Doc, this is it. Never mind that. No, never mind that now. Never mind that. Never mind. Why that's me? Deem roll at me. I'm a dark man. <laughs> Good evening. I'm Dr. David Parkinsmith. I'm classifying here on the parking lot of, thank God, I still got my dog. What on Connecticut <laughs> is this thing I'm narrowing? Well, this is a demon suit. Demon suit, of course. Because all of the fallout from the woman wars, this is truly thin, a rigid vessel studio. No wonder your president has to be a conductor. He's got to look good on vessel. I, re I remember this Fuck. part of the film. <laughs> Fuck. This is it. This is the part coming up, Doc. No, no, no. This swordfish is electrical. But I need a green reaction to hunt the three gigawatts of electricity. <laughs> <laughs> what did I just say? No, 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 this swordfish is electrical, but I need a green reaction to hunt the three gigawatts of electricity that I need. Three gigawatts, three gigawatts, great, Scott. What the hell is a gigawatt? How could I have been so bright? Three gigawatts. Tom, how am I going to hunt th that kind of power? It can't be done. It can't. Doc, look, all we need is a little priest. I'm sure that in 1979, priest is available at every corner, boy. Store, but in 2003, it's a little hard to come by, Stephen. I'm sorry, but I'm afraid you're stuck here. Freedom! Freedom! Doc! Stuck here? I can't be stuck here. I got a life in 1979. I got a girl. Is she annoying? Doc, she's beautiful. She's crazy about me. Look at this. Look what she barked at me. Doc, that says it all. Doc, you're my only eagle. <laughs> Steven, I'm sorry, but the only power source capable of running three gigawatts of electricity is a bolt of cook. <laughs> what did you say? A bolt of cook. Unfortunately, you never know when or where it's gonna beat. <laughs> we do now. This is it, the answer. It says here that a bolt of cook is gonna beat the clock tower precisely at 7.02 p.m. next Wednesday night. If we could somehow chase this bolt of cook channel it into the flux sailor, it just might work. Next Wednesday night, we're sending you back to the driver. <laughs> <laughs> back to the driver. The uh, the additional sequel that no one ever knew they had. Yeah. The yep. This is the uh, this is the fourth installment you didn't know you needed, which you probably don't need. <laughs> that would be uh, a little bit overboard, I think, at this point. Uh, so, I always love doing those. I cannot, I cannot express enough how much I love doing Mad Libs. My, my childhood joy comes from this, and it's a nostalgic kick for me. Funny. But of course, now we're at the end of this, uh, and it's time for you to plug anything and everything you'd like. Uh, upcoming shows, whatever you might like to do. All right, John. Well, thanks for having me. I'm dead on a Sunday, and um, we are going on tour this fall um, all over the U.S., September 6th through October 12th. So we'll be at pretty much most cities that are accessible to most people living on the continental U.S. So come see us. And I also have a new song coming out. 
on August 18th, so in four days from this airing, and it is called Bloody September, just in time for September. Oh, nice. And it's going to be bloody. I imagine it will be better than being uh, woken up when September ends. <laughs> Let's hope. I mean, I don't know. Well, hopefully it's as successful as that song. <laughs> uh, you keep it up the way you are. I think you'll have no trouble with that. Ah, thank you so much. Of course. And I, your list is fantastic. I will say you actually had two movies in common with someone else, which is a very unusual thing. Hmm. Let me just drop my socials really quick. On Instagram, you can find me at the Mad Trivia podcast or the underscore mad underscore trivia underscore podcast on twitter at the mad trivia pod and on tiktok at the mad trivia podcast and i'm on threads now too so good old threads yeah i figured i'd try it out i don't know what it's going to do or what it's going to turn out to be but whatever ross thank you so much for coming on i've had a great time with you i know we got a little bit delayed because of the happenings from uh, last week but it's perfectly okay and i look forward to the dropping of this episode I look forward to all the reactions that you or, or your fans might have for it. I think that despite your, uh, <laughs> your, your total here, I think that you'll be a very uh, impressive uh, drop for everybody that, that uh, knows your music and likes you. Amazing. And uh, yeah, thanks for having me, John. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. And happy birthday to you. And uh, to all my trivia and Mad Lib nerds, Thank you for tuning in again, and please feel free to like, rate, rev uh, review, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your family, and don't forget, if you think you know your movies, I'll tell you that you're wrong and prove it, too. Catch y'all later. And now I get to turn Craig off. Showtime.